Radio. Top of the morning, gang. How we doing? We got Peter Jones from the UK joining the Boomer and I to talk about the 2022 NFL Draft Guide that he just put out on the UKPackers.co.uk. Go check that out. It is a free download. Free 99. Go get it now. It's great insight. And hey, if you put no effort into looking at these draft picks, he's done it for you. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Get it. Asking about that time. Do we need to do some jumping jacks or something? Do we need to let it out here? Woo. You need to go punch a, punch a bag a little bit. You got to go knock out. A little, you want to kick an old heater down someone's basement right now? Is that what you want? Well, I'm thinking that it's Peter that really is the guy that needs to be jumping up and down after uh, spending, uh, obviously, a labor of love, but the amount of time and effort that goes into his annual uh, draft report is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, here, here's how I could just sum it up as to how sort of monstrous and enormous this report is there is so much material when you're grabbing a slide bar to look through material if you're not careful you go from pick one to pick 200 there's so much and i'm moving it a 16th of an inch there's that much material goodness gracious what a fantastic job peter i appreciate it i mean a lot of it is it's like 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 lots of people a lot of it is you know we do our own research anyway and i guess i just have plenty of time on my hands so so it started off really as if I'm doing all this and typing all this stuff for my own benefit, why not just share it? And that's kind of how it started. Yeah, all these people think that people over in England just uh, drink tea and eat crumpets and, you know, <laughs> walk their dogs. Nah, not the case. Not the case. You heard the voice. That's Peter Jones from the UK joining us. He has uh, put out the UK Packers draft guide. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's unbelievable. It is very dense. And uh, we're going to be getting into that today. But uh, yeah. I mean, unbelievable, Peter. Unbelievable amount of work. We are. We were wondering where you've been, and uh, questions answered. <laughs> but this draft guide, guys, here's here's what I was reminded of, Peter. The amount of work that it goes into is extraordinary. But you have to watch a lot of film. You have to watch a lot of tape on players, and to really have your own opinions on things. And I found out that, um, well, what I found out most importantly was that. I'm not an idiot like Eric thinks that I am. Like, I've watched a lot of tape on these guys, and your opinions mirrored some of those opinions that I had. And I just wanted to say, Boomer, I'm somebody too. (laughs) Yes, you are somebody. There is no question about that. Uh, I have to tell you that, uh, Peter, too, with the the one sort of glaring thing, and I don't know why I have uh, such a negative opinion on him, but uh, uh, Bernard uh, Raymond is not somebody that... um, I think of as being more of a day three guy to me. Uh, he's certainly everyone else who's a lot smarter than me thinks that he's a much higher um, guy. I actually like the Ludke or whatever his name is, the right tackle on that same offensive line. But other than that, look at looking through your top hundred. I mean, it's it's fantastic. And when I was looking at it and talking with Eric yesterday, um, what I have advocated for, depending upon how things fall to 22 is maybe even multiple trade backs to get into that second round where we can, uh, there's just seems to me that there's an enormous amount of talent and the more picks that you have there, the, the, the better off you are, but, um, that's just me. But I, I think that, the you know, if you just look at who you have in that second round, it's like, yeah, I'd like to have five of those guys, mm-hmm. six of those guys. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I wouldn't have any problem at all if, if the Packers decided to say keep one of their first rounders and trade down with the other one, whichever way that worked out, whether that was 22 or 28, and to move. And, you know, if they were to move, just for example, from 22 to 40, let's just throw those numbers out. I have no idea who's picking at pick 40. Um, Seattle. Seattle is. Right. You probably get a first-round pick or close to a first-round pick next year mm-hmm. for, for, make it, for making that move. So, you know, that's a way of, another way of looking at looking at that. You, know, you could still end up with four picks in the top 59 and have an extra first round pick next year. You'd certainly get a second rounder for that move. And I think that's probably about a first round value mm-hmm. next year's draft. You know, another another thing that we've we've talked about a little bit on an, uh, our most recent podcast was that the, the possibility that they are looking to trade um, Jordan Love. And you, you look at Seattle with Drew Locke and um, I've forgotten the, uh, the other guy that's there. Um, Gino Smith. Gino Smith, thank you. Um, n- neither one I'm very impressed with. And, you know, w- what would it take 
to get, I think Seattle has, it's either 39 and 40 or 40 and 41. Um, would you, would you have to throw in a, a third or a fourth rounder to trade back from 28 to get those two picks for Jordan Love, giving you four picks in the second round uh, and your, you know, you, uh, you'd still have your two in the first round, which would be very exciting for me as well. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to, my head. So, so, so I think that the value for Jordan Love right now, coming up to the draft when teams can pick quarterbacks in the draft is around a second round pick. And so, um, you know, if the Packers, Packers could get an extra second rounder for Jordan Love, I think that's certainly the case. So, so again, if you looked at Seattle's pick at 40, then yes, I think that's, that's, that's a possible, that's a possibility. I think the other way that Jordan Love could be used is if the Packers wanted to get up from 22 to higher in the draft, use Jordan Love as bait to do that. I don't quite know how high up that would get you, but it's going to take you up, I don't know, 10 places, 12 places, because those picks are very valuable in, in, in the first round. But that may get you the wide receiver, if it's a wide receiver that that, that you're specifically looking for. I, I think if if somebody offered any less than a second round pick or the equivalent of that trade up, then I don't think they make that move. Um, but I think they would probably... I think, well, if it were me, I would jump at taking the second rounder. And that's that's not because I'm down on Jordan Love. I'm not. I'm probably one of Jordan Love's biggest, biggest supporters. I just think you have to look at the state of the franchise as it is today and say that, as we understand it, Rodgers is coming back for two years, maybe three years. Who, who knows? But we assume that's a couple of years. In that case, you know, by that time, Jordan Love was, would reach his option year would you pay that huge option for a guy that's not played for, who won't have played for the best part of five years by the time we get to that point. So I think his trade value, unless he plays this year, his trade value is never going to be higher than it probably is right now. Um, and I think what that also then starts to open up is if you do make that move, do you then start looking at one or of those quarterbacks in the middle rounds? Um, so a Carson Strong in round three, or Bailey Zappi somewhere in round four or five. Mm. For me, that's the only possibility that opens up the Packers to pick a quarterback in this draft, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Mm. But Carson Strong, who probably would drop to round three because of his the knee problems knee that problems. he's had, I mean, that guy has the potential to be a pro starter. Now, he's not overly mobile, and part of that's because of the, because of the knee issues, but with the release and the arm that he's got, absolutely has a chance. Mm. I, I really loved how you went into not just all the players here, but in this draft guide. And everybody, make sure you go out and check this UK draft guide. I will have this uh, link up on Twitter as well when we put the show up. Um, but I loved how you know you added some new things in the draft guide. But just starting from the top, you know, you you gave a great breakdown of four years with Brian Gutekunst drafting, what he's looking for in players, athletically, the positions that he's drafted, and that. I think is something that I really needed. Just as a refresher, we think about how we don't draft great players. The, 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 the theme on Twitter, we missed out on that player, missed out on that player. And we have these players here that are just fantastic and are coming up for some really big contracts. You know, not just Jair, Rashawn, but <clears throat> we have good players that he's drafted. What was your takeaway after you wrote this and your feeling on what Brian Goodkins has done in the last four years. Yeah. I think the only thing that I wish that I'd added in there was a little bit more talk about special teams and in particular special teams coverage guys, because I think that's the one area that, that I've asked few drafts mm-hmm. and, and I'm not sure that's not because they haven't tried, but they just haven't seemed to have picked up exceptional special team coverage guys in rounds five, six, seven, where you look to get, you know, I'll just throw it out there. Your fourth inside linebacker who probably doesn't pay, play that much on defense, but turns out to be a you know an absolute star on special teams. Every team needs to have those guys. So that was the bit I wish I'd talked a little bit more about. But my take, I think, generally speaking, when you look at Goody's four drafts, is they've been very, very good. You know, you start at the top of the draft with those first rounders, picking up the extra first rounder in his first draft with the with the move down and back up for, mm-hmm. for Jair Alexander, you know, and, and with the exception of 
of Jordan Love, whose circumstances are completely different to the other first rounders. All of the first rounders have been really, really good players. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I think that, yeah, you know, they've rolled the dice a little bit in some places, but who doesn't? Everybody, everybody, everybody does. Um, you know, we had those multiple wide receivers in his in his first draft, but those were multiple wide receivers in rounds four, five, and six, yeah. rounds one and one and two. So, you know, realistically speaking, when you look back on drafts two or three years after they happen, how many of those fourth found fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders do you really expect are going to be on the roster by that mm. stage? And yeah. it's typically not that many. So I think that. I think they've done a really, really good job. And sure, you know, you could have said, well, we'd like to have seen a receiver and we'd like to have seen this. But but in that case, then who 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 are you not going to have? Nobody saw, hardly anybody saw, you know, the pick of Jair Alexander in, in 2018. At the time it happened as being, this was the next top corner, top two corner in, in the league. No, Nobody talked about that at the time. Everybody thought he was going to be a solid player, but nobody talked about him being. So it just goes to show that, yeah, they could have picked a wide receiver there, but he may not have been turned out a to be the top in the top two wide receivers. You also wouldn't have had Jair Alexander. So you you can't have everything. And I and I just think that, I think they've done a really good job. Do, yeah, I I think the the breakdown as well that you put by position is a real eye opener, and uh, and that's something that. Eric, what did you think about that positional breakdown? Uh, it's, it's awesome, and I, I like the I, I like the way that you can go right through this, and it is uh, to the layman quite easy to read. Hmm. Um, and and I, I like the way you you just like what you just said, Peter, and that's that all of us become way too greedy in in what we want to to come out of a draft, and realistic expectations um, uh, need need to be stressed. <clears throat> And and I think that none of mine are so, that puts me on the uh, on the other side of that. Um, but no, I, I the, the the entire body of this of this report um, is it is fantastic. And I, uh, where, Eric, where can you go to find this amount of information that's helpful uh, and useful as we go into a draft? Um, I, I I don't find anyone, and, and probably I'm a little bit biased towards our friend Peter, but. Um, I just think this is fantastic. Yeah, well, for 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 dummies like you know you and I, I, I just yep. love I love the Packers draft choices by position, the graph you put together here, Peter, because we talk about who was drafted, who wasn't drafted, and the incredible spike that we see here in the draft by position is the offensive lineman. Twenty twenty one, three players. Twenty twenty three players. Twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, one each on that offensive line, and yet today. We're still talking about what happens if Trevor Penning drops to 22. We got to take him. Offensive line is just a constantly building machine. What's your feeling when you look at that? Is offensive line something that rings true for you in the first round, or are we doubling up on wide receivers? Oh, I I think that um. So 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 I've said recently that if the if the Packers kept their picks and so they make those first four picks in the first two rounds. I, my hope would be that the Packers come away with two wide receivers, an offensive lineman, and a defensive lineman. What I'm not saying in there is the particular order those come in, but but, and I and I think when it comes to the offensive line, a it's a it's an often quoted thing, but I think it's very true. You can never have enough of those guys. Mm-hmm. And I think in the Packers' case, there's a lots of question marks around the offensive line. This is an offensive line that could be absolutely brilliant next year. Or it could struggle, and it could struggle because of injuries. Yeah. So we look at the tackle spot, and we've got Bakhtiari and Josh Nyman. Nyman was fantastic at left tackle last year in the games that he played, but hasn't yet played at right tackle. So we're making an assumption, a fair assumption, but we're still making an assumption that he's going to be just as good over there. Bakhtiari, if he's back to his best, fantastic, obviously no issues. But we don't know if he's going to be back to his best. So there's a question mark there. So the tackle position could be really great or it could be not so great or somewhere in between. So I think it's there are question marks there. And then you look inside and you say, well, Elton Jenkins is injured, probably going to miss around the first half of the season, assuming, you know, he went out about halfway through last season. So we don't know what his situation is there. We also don't know 
if and when he comes back during the season, it could be that he ends up moving to tackle if there's an issue with one of those two guys at tackle. And now we've got a hole to fill on the on the inside. Runyon's been great. Newman had a solid rookie season without being brilliant, but he was a you know a fourth round rookie and, and did and did a decent job. So for me, I, I can absolutely see the Packers picking a tackle. I could also see them picking an interior offensive lineman in round one. Not both, but one but one or 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 the other. Um, so Trevor Penning that we talked about, yeah, I think you'd jump at him if he dropped that far. But Zion Johnson of Boston College, who's a guard, can also play center, has filled in at tackle, doesn't have tackle size. Mm-hmm. But that wouldn't surprise me if if he were to pick in the in one of those two first round picks either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I Peter? think that I think that would surprise people and maybe disappoint people in inverted commas because he's not the highlight player that people are looking for, but I think he's a really solid player. Mm-hmm. Peter, what are your thoughts? Eric uh, and I both have a huge crush on Kenyon Green. Is is he one that you could see that uh, the Green Bay may pull the trigger on early? I, I could I could see I could see it with the twenty with the twenty eighth pick. I, I'm I'm he's one of those guys that I think may still be there early in the second round, just based on numbers and based. So there's. So there's five or six tackles that are going to go in the first round anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I think Zion Johnson goes in the first round and the center out of Iowa, uh, Tyler Linderbaum goes in the first round. Yeah. So now you've got eight offensive linemen before you get to Kenyon Green. And that's why I think he may drop to early in the second round. So he's a guy using our other scenario of trading back from, say, 22 to 40 or 28 to 40 or to 35 or somewhere that you could pick up that guy there early mm-hmm. 35, say 40, and have an extra pick for doing that. Hmm. But yeah, the other thing you obviously like about Kenyon Green, obviously a, a very good football player, plays multiple spots. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, the Packers have a history, don't they, with, with those guys that can play guard, can play center, can play t- uh, tackle. Uh, the, the Packers have a, have a history of that. So I don't think he absolutely fits in the Packers type, if you like. Best 300-pound pulling human being in the draft that I've seen <laughs> this year. I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, I love that, you know, I even for the sake of the thousands of mock drafts I've done this year, and the, the changes are have been drastic in the last 30 days, really drastic. But I love that you did a summary here. And uh, we don't need to talk deeply of it, but everybody loves Chris Olave as number one, Traylon Burks number two. Jahan Dotson, it's killing me that this guy is in our first round mocks uh, and he is ahead of Jameson Williams. And then you got Bernhard Raymond, number five, Boye Mafe. Uh, my third favorite, Devonta Wyatt at number seven, Trevor Penny, number eight, Drake London, George Karloffis. I think it's just, a, it's a great exercise for everybody to get associated <laughs> yeah. with some of these players, but some of this stuff, I, you just go, boy, uh, it's, it's, it's funny how think- mocks are just so subjective. It, it, it really is. And it was it, it was just, you know, as we all do, we read all these mocks coming out there. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to pull this stuff together and just mm-hmm. try and summarize what's going on here. And I think in some cases, I think if you if you probably dug deeper into them, let's take Jamison Williams. So for me, Jamison Williams is the number one wide receiver in this. Hey, that's us. So you have to you have to think. I would imagine that for many mock drafts, he never dropped as far as 22, and therefore that's why he only appears in 6.2 percent of mm-hmm. yeah. Packers mock drafts. I would I would I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would think that's the reason. I think if 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 people had the opportunity to pick him in in those drafts, I think he would would be much higher on that list. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, Jake London. Drake London only appeared on 3% of them. But again, I would imagine that's exactly the same reason is that during those yeah. mock drafts, he's gone at about pick 10 or something. So, yeah, crazy how fast so it doesn't is. appear that that often. I think you're right. I mean, I think it surprised me now just re-looking at it that that, that Barnard Rayman, who, who Eric started with, is as high as fifth mm-hmm. on, on that list. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it's simply because he was one of the first round potential offensive tackles who happened to be there on the, on the board at the time those mock drafts got to him. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, it's 100. It's fun. We've learned a lot about these players. I think that's the purpose of mock drafts. But I, you know, the number one player in my dream player for the Green Bay Packers, I don't care if he tore both of his ACLs. If he comes back, I don't care. Jameson Williams is the guy. He tracks the ball so so well deep. I he he's averaging damn near 20 a, a, a reception. It's unbelievable for me to comprehend that with Aaron Rodgers. And then to put that with a Sammy Watkins and a Lazard. Now we got a complement of receivers where, you know, the selections of Jahan Dotson jumping up right now. I'm just like, wow, do we need another slot receiver right now? What, what's Amari, what, what's Amari Rodgers going to do in this whole situation? I don't know. Um, but him and Trevor Penning, I mean, I fell in love with Drake London first, Trevor Penning second, and uh, and Jameson Williams is just, he stole my heart and that has not left. But from an offensive and defensive line perspective, who is the number one guy that you feel like is a realistic pick at 22? Um, so I, yeah, I would, I, I like, I mean, like, like the rest, I think, I think from an offensive line perspective, I think it's, I think it's Zion Johnson. I think, I think Penning may be there. If he, if Penning's there, then I take, then I take Penning because you, you can't have enough tackles 100%. and with the, with, with the ability and potential the upside that guy's got, then then I would mm. I would take him. Um, I, I've got a sneaking suspicion, although the penning is I think he ended up at twenty or twenty one on our big board by the by the end of it. I still think he probably goes higher than that. Yeah. So yeah, so the big board wasn't necessarily a ref- reflection of where people would go. It was just comparison against against each other i think if, if penning's there i think you take him right mm-hmm. so uh, but i think that zion johnson is probably more realistic to be there at either 22 or possibly even at 28 mm-hmm. so i think he's probably the offensive lineman okay so now if you had the option of zion johnson at 22 or devonta wyatt where does your perception lie on that one so i would like to see them take a defensive lineman i think it's beyond beyond time and I get every year we kind of come into this thinking this could be the year you know, we had Christian Barmore and I forget some of the other names um in recent years that we thought oh yeah that's who it's going to be and we got closer and closer and they were still on the board and a year ago we uh, talked about that amazing was it was it was it a year ago <laughs> um yeah I think I think Devontae Wyatt's a solid a solid pick in the in the in in the 20s um I think there's an outside chance that Jordan Davis slips and not because he's not worth a pick at around 15, but just because of numbers. If there's a run on wide receivers, for example, mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that Jordan, that Jordan Davis slips, mm-hmm. and I would take Davis above above Wyatt. I like where we're um, going. What do you think Davis would provide the Packers right now? That that well, Wyatt I, does. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so 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 I, th- so I think the, I, I think the, I think the first thing is you know you have to look at the the mixture of size and size and athletic ability so so davis is what six six and a half nearly six seven three hundred and fifty pounds at least if not bigger than that um you know but runs the 40 in less than five seconds well under five seconds so he has an he has an explosion and the ability you know you can line him up in the kenny clark position if you like as a, a zero technique nose tackle but a guy with that mixture of athletic ability, I mean, you can line him up as a three-four end as well. And and I and I just think that the ability to keep blockers off Devondre Campbell is what the Packers is what the Packers really need. Hmm. Um, so I mean, I would I would jump at Jordan Davis, and he's he's one of the few players I think that Jordan Davis and Jamison Williams that if you get to pick. 14, 15, 16, and they're still on the board that you might consider trading up from 22 to, to get one of those guys. Which would you choose between the two? Let's just hypothetically, they both I'll fall. Take, so they I'll take both James, fall to I'll 22. T- I'll take Jameson Williams. Yeah. Right, I, 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 barring <laughs> <laughs> barring the, the top two or three players in this. In this so, so I think that if Jameson Williams hadn't had the ACL injury, right? So I think he's going in the top 10, if not the top five in this draft. But that's how good I, th- I, think, I think he is. And that's how highly I think teams would have, would have, would have ranked him. 15 and, touchdowns. And so I think that, I think that J- 
Jameson Williams is, if it was a choice between Williams and Jordan Davis, I'm taking Jameson Williams. He sits at 15 on, on, on my board simply because of the question mark around the injury. Yeah. Take that away and he's somewhere very close, very close to the top. You know, just sort of sidestepping here a bit, but I, th- I think that the, the, the possibility that Jordan Love really is in play um, I think is a real possibility and it's easy. Generally speaking, there are a number of different draft uh, draft pick value charts that one can use to evaluating trading draft pick for draft picks. But when yep. you have a player and you, obviously I don't think you can go back to Jordan loves original draft position, which was what 26th or something in the first round and use that as a number, because that may not be realistic. However, you do have, um, a generally regarded poor class at quarterback this year. Um, there's a lot of folks that say that if Love was in this draft, that he may be the first one taken. Does does I mean, where, where do you draw the line in the second round as this is where I need to be above uh, to trade Jordan Love? Oh, I think that I mean, I would I would be I would be okay if 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 any if any team offered me a second rounder and I, and I, and I accept that there's still quite a big difference between getting the 36th pick and the, and the 60th pick. I absolutely, I absolutely accept that. Um, but I, but I think that I would just, I, I would almost put his value anywhere in that range. And, and I know that sounds like um, I'm sitting on the fence, if you like, with that answer, <clears throat> but, I, but, I, but I, but I think you'd just be at the point that somebody offered me, a second rounder, say it was the 60th pick, I'd take it. Um, and, and I think that then gives you the option, do, do I then want to package up second round picks to move up? Do I want to add a third round pick to that 60th pick and move up? I just think it gives you so many so, so many options. Um, Thank God so I would the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 60. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, I would do that. And I think the other question that goes along with that is, if you imagine that, let's say Jordan Love is worth a middle of the second round pick. So I'm just throwing that one, throwing that one out there. Um, you know, where would that get you from 22? That probably gets you to about pick 12. Well, if, if for example, if the, let, let's throw out, if, if Seattle threw their 41st pick at us, right, at a 490 value, and we package that up with the 780, right? I mean, you're looking at the ninth pick. You know, you could trade up to the ninth pick with that, with a Jordan Love at 41. I, I think it's unfair because Eric just might have used his toes. I was just thinking. No, I actually have a draft chart on the other side of the computer here, so I'm actually looking I mean, at I, it. I, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think the question you have to, we always have to ask ourselves with these is, is, is there a player worth trading up to get by giving up a bunch of draft collateral to get mm-hmm. and i think there's one or two we you know we've obviously mentioned one or two mm-hmm. but the general trade to get to let's say nine or ten i think you have to be you have to be careful of so i think you have to be going up there to get a player mm-hmm. not to just go and sit there because some of those guys and this is a this is a really odd draft in that typically we get to this stage of the draft and you can almost within a pick within a Cleveland Farrell pick that you could forget. You could generally, you could generally say, I can almost name who the top six or seven guys are going to be in the order in which they're going. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure that we're certain that Aiden Hutchinson's going number one. Mm-hmm. Now he ought to, I think, because he's the safest player that's going to contribute on day one. But I'm not certain that he's going number one. And and if he doesn't, that starts to throw the rest of the board out. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm Jacksonville, I'm looking to protect my number one pick and Trevor Lawrence at all costs, you know. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. Hey, I want to touch base on the other things you had going on here. I love that you had the injury watch list that you you added into here. In in reviewing some of these players, the wide receiver we've talked about, Jamison Williams, the number yep. one player in all of our drafts. I don't care who's there. If he's available at twenty two, he's, he's he's ours. <laughs> but we talk about his his teammate. John Mechie the third. John Mechie, yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> are we sleeping on this guy? Are there a lot of people yes. that are sleeping on this guy and not giving? I mean, the, we're talking about two guys with ACL injuries, right? Non-contact ACL injuries. Uh, he's going to be back sooner, you know, than Jameson is. And 
man, he he seems to have a, a, a thread of consistency from those Alabama receivers that, you know, few, few have because they don't last that long at Alabama, you know, playing three years. Uh, what's your take on him? Yeah, so I, I think lots of people are sleep, sleeping on him. And I, and I think it's, this often happens, hasn't been the case with the Ohio State receivers this year, but it often happens is that one guy completely overshadows the, the other guy. And I think that's the case with, with, with Williams and Mechie. And of course, all of those guys have played, or Mechie has played, played behind Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and that great succession of Alabama receivers. Mm-hmm. And Mechie's a different type of receiver, so he tends not to excite like William, like Williams does. Mm-hmm. So, so, so Mechie's more of a, a route runner with great hands, will go over the middle type guy, but he's very productive, very, very productive. Um, and yeah, I think people are sleeping on him. And I, and I think that similarly to Williams, I think if he's given an indication that his ACL recovery is going well, which Williams apparently is, I don't hear so much about Mechie, mm-hmm. then could you take him at the end of the second round? Yeah, absolutely you could. Now I think people will kind of be surprised at that. But we're only talking a year or so ago where Mechie was being talked about as a potential first round draft pick. Hmm. And, you know, I, I think that, I, I just think there's great, but there's, there's great value there because he could drop to the third round very easily drop into into round three. Wow. Uh, you know, and if you took a receiver in one and Mechie in round three, you've got a bonus, you've got a bonus for me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think people, I think people are sleeping on it. I think it's probably because there's so many of them this year. There's so many in that first, second, into the third round group without there being a definitive number one guy. So last year we had um, Jamar Chase, for example, in, in, in a great group of wide receivers. This year, you could probably take the top five and you can make a case for any of those being the first receiver off the board. Mm-hmm. And you can make a case from going anywhere in the first round because part of it's about what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want an Alave or do you want a Drake London or a Traylon Burks who are completely different types of receivers? Well, and the other thing that comes into this is George Pickens. You know, we talk about Sammy Watkins yeah. having injuries and his injury history. And then we talk about Jamison Williams, his injury history, Mechie as well. But, you know, are we, are we giving George Pickens too much credit? You know, as somebody who only played four games last year and was gone with an injury. And before that he had an upper body injury. Uh, you know, he had a hell of a freshman year. We saw the talent, but you know, I've seen him in mock drafts now going to 28 and not people, not one person out there reacted negatively about it. And you go, Hey, I, what am I missing here? Are we giving George Pickens too much credit? I think this draft. Yes. Just because of the pure, pure numbers. I mean, it, it, it was difficult to me to put Pickens above the five receivers that we've talked about in the first round, plus Dotson. You know, from a Packers perspective, you wouldn't expect them to pick to pick Dotson because, as you said, smaller guy, probably a slot receiver in the NFL. Um, but from a general non-team-specific point of view, you've got you've got those six. You've just talked about Mechie. I haven't even talked about Christian Watson yet. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult for me to believe that Pickens gets into the end of the of the first round good player but there's a little bit of touch of um Derek Stingley Jr about him his, his best year was his freshman year right that's another guy um, I got yeah, noted here yeah and 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 you know Pickens had an exceptional freshman year but you do worry about guys they've never been as good since mm-hmm. and 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 I absolutely accept you know there are all kind of reasons injuries and ACL that you can't do anything about, but it's still a concern. Yeah. But what I like about him is, is that he will smack you in the face and he never drops the ball. I think he had the, the lowest drop rate of any of the wide receivers in this year's draft. I, I don't know. I love that kid. If we took him at 28, depending upon what we did at, at the first pick, or I, I think that that kid, I love him. We, we, uh, we've talked a whole lot about him, but I, I like that guy better than I like some of the guys that are going to go well ahead of him. Interesting. It'd be real interesting to see these, how these yeah, guys. No, it, it, you know, it, it, it absolutely is. And I, and I, and I think that, 
if is Pickens' value in a general draft sense at 28? I think the answer is probably yes. I think my issue with it is, is he value at 28 when all of those other receivers are around? You know, it, it is, and, and everybody has to make their own judgment. Is you know, is he a, is he is he a higher value today than Christian Watson is, for example? It's a, that's a, it's a it's it's a judgment call. Um, you know, is there a higher value than Jahan, Jahan Dotson? Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, with those six first rounders plus Christian Watson, I've got seven that are sitting in front of George Pickens, and that's without thinking about the Sky Moors of this world. So it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's difficult, isn't it? It's, it, it, um, well, that's, why, lot- that's, that's why I'm sitting in my kitchen and Goot is the one doing all the work. Well, I, I think I think, though, Peter, I think you're spot on, which is which is exactly why I would really love to have multiple picks in that second round where you could come away with a George Pickens and an Alec Pierce or a George Pickens and a Christian Watson um, and 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 a Brees Hall and a defensive lineman and an offensive lineman. I happen to be real fond of the third round or day three offensive tackles that are going to be out there. And so I'm leaning more towards defensive line in that in the first uh, first night and probably second day um but i also don't know what i'm talking about so there's that well and i think and i think if if you're looking for a player that's going to be an immediate contributor on the defensive line then i think you have to get that guy early because there's not very many of them there never is and um Is Travis but, Jones somebody you think is a viable first option? Because he's been drafted late and speculated further down, and now he's jumping into first-round mocks, and nobody's batting an eye on it. Where does he fall for you? So I think he's I think he's in that conversation for the for the for the twenty-eighth pick. Uh, I, I for for me, he's a little bit further down the down the draft than that, and and, and part of that is because of where he played um, and you know you have to temper production on what you see on the field against the level of opposition that you're playing in week in week out um, so yeah you want to see guys that come to the senior bowl and come to the combine and have great performances and that's that's fantastic you've got to have that from those guys but when they've not done it week in week out consistently at a power five level at the SEC and the big 10 or whatever then there has to be a question mark for me. And then you say, you know, see him above the names that you were, you've already mentioned, the Jordan Davises, the Devontae Wyatts. And I, I just don't. Yeah. Um, so so I, I, I see him somewhere in the second round, but it wouldn't surprise me if somebody were to see a huge upside in him and say, you know what, a pick 29 or a pick 27, I'll, I'll throw the dice on that guy. Well, he's another one of those, to me, second round draft walk away, jumping up and down. Because I think with with the addition with Jerron Reed and with what we already have, you know, we're we're expecting significant development from Slayton, and you got Dean Lowry and of course Kenny, that there really wouldn't be an awful lot expected of him, rotational piece at best first year. But I sure like the way the potential, the ceiling for 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 Jones. He's he's so violent. Um, I, I just I just think he translates nicely. But you are absolutely correct. He did not do it um, like some of the other guys did against the top players uh, in college football. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, just just kind of switching back to the offense, but on that same same line of thought, what what are your thoughts on Christian Watson, um, another guy who who just shined, but but did it against sort of lesser talent? Well, I think that. So, so, so I think that the reason that Christian Watson is getting as much um, kind of Packer fan stroke analyst recognition over the last four to six weeks, because he's kind of jumped all of a sudden, almost from nowhere into that, is because of, the, because of his size, right? And because he fits this perceived um, Goody 6-4-2-10 wide receiver and and I and I think that people have gone and looked for, for receivers of that size, and then and then looked at him on the field and say, actually, yeah, he could be a Packers pick. And there's some truth in that, although there's also some exaggeration around the Packers picking six foot four wide receivers. 
We've seen it further down the draft. We've seen it with an MVS. We've seen it with an EQ. And we've seen it with, you know, the non-drafted Alan Lazard. But if you go back and look at Packers picks of wide receivers going back to the Ron Wolf era, era in the first, first few rounds, find me a 6'4 guy. Jordy Nelson would be the closest. Yep. Right. Yeah. But 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 then look at look at all the others that have been successes. Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, all all, all of those guys, Devontae Adam. There isn't, there isn't there isn't yeah, there isn't <laughs> one that's close to close to six four. I think I think with Watson, you're picking on a lot of upside. And I think there is I think there is a lot of a lot of upside. But again, you you know, you you always have to ask yourself the questions is is somebody that's productive at North Dakota State, and I'm not knocking North Dakota State in any in any shape or form, but is somebody that's productive at North Dakota State, is that production equal to somebody that's that productive at Alabama or LSU or Michigan or Georgia? Um, Georgia, right? So I, I think that's the that's that's the that's the question mark around him, and uh, there's another slight question mark, but I'm. I'm not as down on him on this as other people are, is that he dropped balls. A lot of balls. Um, lot um, of balls get um, but, but I think that as Packers fans, we have to remember, remember Devontae Adams' first couple of years mm-hmm. when, when he dropped a lot of balls. Um, so I think that I think you can work through that. Um, I just think that he's got this... Look, he's a good player. He's, he's absolutely a good player. And if he's there in round two, but pick 53 or whatever it might be, you probably shouldn't slip that far and you, and, and you take him if you haven't taken other receivers. And you'd walk away and say, fantastic, we've done well. So I'm not not saying that at all. I just don't think he fits into that first, that first round group, for me at least. The only question I have about Christian Watson, and especially when it comes to the draft, is, is Alec Pierce available? If he is, I don't have a discussion about Christian Watson. Gone. Well, that's just it too. You know, if you if you look at that second round again, if you can get that O line and D line or O line and safety in round one, if you can walk out of walk out of the second round with with a with an Alec Pierce and a George Pickens, you got to think that uh, you did really well, or 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 a, or a Watson. You know, depending upon how those guys go. Um, Absolutely, and that's why it's not beyond the realms of possibility. And this, I think, will upset a lot of Packers fans. The Packers mm-hmm. come away with, from round one without a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Part of that will depend on whether there's a run on those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if suddenly seven have gone by the time the Packers pick at 22, then you probably look at a Christian mm-hmm. Watson or one of those guys because he sure as hell ain't going to be there at 53. Yeah. But, but if only four have gone by the time the Packers pick, or as we talked about earlier, if the Packers have dropped back into pick 40, that kind of area, then you'd be more than happy to, to take one of those guys. So I think some of it's going to be um, just how the, the draft plays its way out on the, on the night. Well, I think Watson, I think Watson's going to fall. I mean, you know, it only takes one team to be in love, but the late great Al Davis is no longer with us. You know, I would have sniffed him out as an easy Raider pick um, just based on his speed. Um, Four, three, and, six. Yep. And you can't, yeah, can't teach that, mm-hmm. but I, I suspect that he very well may be available for our first pick in the second round. Um, if we stay stay with the uh, where we at where we're at, yeah, yeah, and you know, and it raises the possibility that when you get to, you know, assuming they've stayed with where they are, and maybe they haven't picked a receiver in the first round, but Watson starts to fall and he's still there at forty, then I think you, you you're considering moving up from fifty three to forty to 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 get him. You know, I'll give away, I don't know what that might take, a third or fourth round, I don't I don't know, and third round of next year, whatever it be. <clears throat> not to risk him falling further. But if a bunch of those other guys are still there, if Pierce is still there, if Sky Moore's still there, if George Pickens is still there, then you're not going to make that move because I'm going to wait to see which guy falls to me. Yeah. I just I, there's nothing about Watson that I dislike. It's just his drops. And you're talking about what can rookies do in our offense? Mm, not a whole lot. And if you don't have a relationship with Aaron, that's a big problem. And if you're going to drop balls, in practice, you're never going to translate shit to the game. We know that. We've seen that. And so when I look at who's going to be an impact as a rookie, if it's Christian Watson or Trey McBride, I'm taking Trey McBride. 
you know, I, then then you got a position that has a a weapon because you know further down the draft, some of these other guys, uh, I I'd, I'd rather take shots on. That's me. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and McBride's an interesting one because I would have no problem. I would have no problem with taking him. It wouldn't be my ideal first choice, but I'd have no problem taking him. Yeah. I think you walk away potting, partly because again you look at the state of the franchise and you say the Packers are living year to year at the tight end position mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. We don't know where what Tunyon's situation is. We all love Tunyon, but the fact that he keeps getting a one-year deal yeah. and had the injury, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that 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 you know that tells us something. I say Lewis, and so so we don't have that guy, and eventually, you know, you have to bite the bullet and, and get that and mm-hmm. get that tight end. You hope. Could be McBride, could be one of the guys in the, in about the third round, Jelani Woods, or, or as I likely I like as well. So one of the, one of those guys. But I'd have no problem McBride at all. Yeah, you know, I heard you talking about uh, both those tight ends, but I didn't hear you mention one time Jay anything Ferguson. positive about uh, 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 Charlie. No, I'm talking about Charlie Kohler. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, normally, normally people call pull me up for not for not picking on them. Um, Ferguson, not picking Ferguson. Ferguson. Everybody, everybody, everybody wants to take the Wisconsin guy. Yeah, well, this is another great part of the no. draft guide uh, that you got put together here, Peter. That I loved, man. It's the Badger Watch that you have on here, and that's for all the Packer and Wisconsin fans, and kind of goes through the players that you have that are most likely to be drafted, and uh, you know some of those players that aren't likely to be drafted, and of course, you know everybody knows about Leo Chanel. We've talked uh, extensively about him, and. I love him. I love him. And I, I've I've had to take him in a lot of mock drafts because the receivers and offensive linemen have been depleted, and he's just a big shining stud out there. I love him. But, Jake uh, Ferguson, you got in that 151 range and Jack Sanborn and, and Logan Bruss as potential draftable players. But one player you didn't have mentioned that I did a little bit of you know film research on, a little hometown bias, and I, I was surprised to hear you think Scott Nelson – after you know a blazing forty, and and I've seen him as you know in the top twenty-five on some people's. You got him rated as forty-two ranked safety, and begs the question: It's such an important position to fill, but it, there's a lot of people that fit that safety mold that are in a huge group together, and there's a few that are separating themselves every year. But it's just a, a lot of big-time special teamers. What's your take on him? It is, and and I think that I, I think for him to get drafted, I think a team has to see him as one of those special teams coverage guys who's going to learn the learn the safety position. And with that four three eight speed that you talked about, I think he's 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 got a he's got a shot. Um, I think the problem with the safety position generally is that is that about half of many or twice as many corners get drafted as as as, as safeties. Um, Somewhere in the draft guide, there's numbers, but you know the number of safeties that actually get drafted is is quite a low number in comparison to some of to some of the other positions. So I think that once you get beyond, um, you know, the first the first ten or so, I think it becomes difficult. And I, I'd have no problem if somebody if somebody told me that they'd got Scott Nelson as the twentieth safety on their board, mm-hmm. I would have I would have no issue with that at all. Yeah. I mean, there was a guy. Who's the, the safety that the Packers drafted? Alan, uh, the three or four three or Aaron. four years ago, who's 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 been in who was injured last year. My my memory absolutely fails me. Vernon Scott. Vernon Scott. Right? Yeah, Vernon Scott. Right. Yeah. So so he was something like the 59th safety on my list. Hmm. Right. So I, I I didn't think there was any chance that he would be drafted. So and I was proved completely. Clueless. I was proved clueless. Um, so obviously those guys have a have a chance, and 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 you know Nelson's got a chance. I would just, I would just be slightly surprised if he, if he got if he got drafted. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, think, I can Colin? let you guys in on a little secret that uh, my people are telling me. But the uh, <laughs> the third safety. I've been a real big uh, Lewis Seen fan uh, for an early pick. Love that guy, but I'm just, my people are telling me that the uh, the third safety is already on the roster, and it requires, of course, a move from cornerback. And you know who I'm talking about, KB Anento. It's gonna be the year. It's, he's actually gonna see the field this year. 
I, I well, uh, he seems to have been around forever, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. KB and and he makes um, the team every year and never plays. Three years, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, one more thing. Last thing I wanted to uh, pepper you on, Peter, about this fantastic draft guide that you put together. Again, everybody go out there and find that uh, draft guide online, ukpackers.co.uk, and um, download that draft guide. It's incredible. But you look at the 2023 top 105. And um, Eric, remind me who the name is of the young fella who is at the position of running back for the University of Wisconsin. Braylon Allen. Okay. Um, I didn't see him in your top 100. Is this just because you're focusing on seniors here, or uh, are you not aware of this running back and he's going to be coming into the NFL next year after he demolishes the 2,000-yard yeah, so so, <laughs> so so there's a so there's there's a main focus on on seniors and guys I think are definitely going to declare for the for the 2023 draft, mm-hmm. um, but there's there's also a little bit of at this stage a little bit of a oh, what's the right word it's a little bit of a crapshoot it's more of a crapshoot at this stage than it is so so yeah I mean I I I wouldn't be surprised to see anybody's name suddenly appear in the in the top fifth top thirty or the top twenty. Yeah. At, at, at any point in time, just like if you turn it around, you know, Spencer Rattler, who's on that list again, mm-hmm. was one of the very top, if not the top player on on looking at towards this year's draft yeah. a year a year ago and yeah. completely fell by the by the wayside and has, you know, it's now transferred. So, well, yeah, and I, it's, it, I was just going to say, ahead. I think that, that Braylon Allen did most of his damage as a 17 year old last year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's he's going to come into the NFL after next year. I feel it. He's going to declare. Uh, but yeah, I just, you know, I just always want to uh, look at Wisconsin players and I didn't see any for us to look at next year. Um, Graham Mertz. Come on, kid. Let's go. Um, guys. He, I'm, so so looks, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to guess that Braylon Allen, I'm going to look at it now. Yeah. Not draft eligible. Oh, he's not. So I'd have three years in three years. Yeah. In yeah so he, so his last 2021 was a true freshman season, wasn't it? So, mm. so he won't be eligible to 2024. He might be on my 2024 list. Do you want me to look? <laughs> I, I, I think I, I think you ought to put him in the Heisman uh, running for that year. Going to say, why did I not know that he's got a 2024 list already? I knew about. Oh man, oh man, unbelievable. Well, hey, uh, thanks everybody out there for joining us today, and thank you, Peter, for uh, you know jumping on with us and, and discussing some of the players and just. The, the great work you did on this uh, draft guide and let everybody know again where they can find you on the socials, Peter, and, uh, and plug this draft guide one more time. Yeah. You can find me at, at the it underscore hedgehog at the <laughs> underscore it hedgehog or something close to that. You'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you find me on the ABG cheese podcast. You also listen to me talking about the draft stuff on the UK Packers podcast. And thank you for plugging this so much. You can find it at ukpackers.co.uk and there's a link to it on that page. But appreciate it so much. And thanks for having me on. And and it's the feedback that, that you get for doing something like this that makes it worthwhile. Mm. At least at least even even if everybody doesn't agree with what's in it, at least getting feedback makes it, you know, makes you feel like people are actually reading it. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you so much. One hundred percent. Well, Peter, uh, I, I just it really reinforces that uh, I'm not dumb, and that is what I want to say. Thank you, for, you know, about personally. Thank you for making me feel like I have value in my uh, evaluations, and um, and really thank you for making me feel like I'm a worthy person to talk to Eric because all he does is put me down. He doesn't like any of my takes. <laughs> he thinks I'm stupid most of the time. He's just he argues on things. He, before he started Sammy Watkins, and I had to say good things about him. Then he was like, "No, I didn't think Sammy Watkins." So this is really what the benefit of this guide guide was. If you have relationships like Eric and I have, and you feel belittled all the time, then read this draft guide. You might feel smarter and be able to handle conversations with bullies like I have to deal with Eric. Oh and with God. that, buddy, take us out. Well, it sounds to me like I'm remembering that if it's if it's I can't remember from Saturday Night Live if it's Simon or not, but who had to be constantly uh, um, backed up as being a good person and people like you. So you're all right, but 
Uh, I, it's the other way around most of the time. Anyways, as those of us who <coughs> the, the listeners know, and I'll leave it at that. But anyways, Peter, thank you so much, uh, as always, for coming in and, and sharing your uh, massive insight in, into all this. Would love to get together with you at some point after the draft and go over and, and see uh, see what you think of uh, see how, how wrong we, we were. Well, yeah. we're always good. At <laughs> you, you, I'm always wrong. You're you're not always wrong. I'm we liked Billy wrong. Myers. You were down for Creed Humphrey. We were way wrong. I was high on Alan Barber, fastest <laughs> offensive lineman in the history of the combine, and he couldn't play defense either. So you know, getting into the weeds there. But anyways, I, I always appreciate uh, getting a chance to to listen to what you have to say because it always brings value to uh, to to me and and to our listeners. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, goodness gracious, we're we're down to eight days. Eight days. I mean, it's I, I'm just beside myself with anticipation. I really, really hate how it's now stretched out over three days. It, it does give you a chance to retool and settle down again, but there's always because of the, who we are as Green Bay Packers. It's always a long wait uh, to get to uh, to get to our draft pick, and, and thank the good Lord for that. However, that late that wait just seems like it takes longer and longer and longer, and it just adds to the anxiety. But we'll get through this. Um, and with that, as always, go pack go. Jesus Christ, go is, pack it, go. is it the longest outro you've ever it done? I, are you running for office or something? <laughs> no, I'm running for cover. <laughs> Oh, what's up,